Welcome. You're listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio, a podcast for anyone who is thinking about starting or is already a few years deep into their own wedding venue business. Whether your property is on the beach or in the middle of the country or smack dab in the heart of downtown, this show is designed for you. I'm your host, Ami Quirconi. I'm the author of How to Turn Your Rural Property into a Wedding Venue Business, and I have a new business book called The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business. I'm a business coach, consultant, former wedding venue owner, and I'm here to help you. So if your dream is to be your own boss by hosting one of the best days a family has in their lives on your property, then you're in the right place. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. So this past week, many of us experienced something, um, and it kind of caught the news a little bit, and that was the outage temporarily for Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. And I think in the last probably 18 months, you know, social media has played like a really powerful role in our lives as it has, honestly, for like over 10 years plus. I mean, we could even go back to MySpace, but I would be dating myself definitely. Um, but the last couple of years, uh, social media has also been, uh, you know, something of, of a pressure and a source of overwhelm and mental fatigue because of a lot of dialoguing that's been going on. And even before the outage that we experienced here in March of 2021, um, there's a lot of people that are beginning to downplay their time, you know, on platforms, moving to something of the alternative. Uh, maybe it's TikTok uh, or LinkedIn, you know, to do more business to business type of networking. And some people have just been deleting it, you know, the app off of their phone and, you know, getting away from it altogether. So that presents a lot of challenges. I know that one of my most popular episodes here on Wedding Venue Business Radio is my social media marketing strategies for venues and, and agritourism. In fact, I believe it's actually my most downloaded. So I know that a lot of people are looking for how to market on social media, especially if you have like a farm-based business or a rural venue business or, or anything. But what happens if social media goes away? You know, what do you do in terms of marketing? And I've actually spent a great deal of time thinking about that because I've thought about myself and, you know, some of the breaks that I've taken from social media and the for reasons that are mostly due to the mental health aspect of it. Plus, I, like most of us, I get tired of cold emails in my inbox and, you know, everybody demanding me to answer them right away. And I don't even know who they are or what they're trying to sell me. So sometimes it makes more sense to just like shut everything off and stay away from it. And we've gotten into these habits, right, of scrolling our phone, looking for news, looking for updates. And, you know, the more and more email has become second nature to our lives the more we find ourselves um, feeling like we have to answer everything as soon as it comes in. And when you've got an inbox, I mean, you guys, your brains would freeze if you could see my inbox. For some reason, I can't even tell you, I have difficulties deleting emails. And so all my inboxes go and they've got like a couple thousand emails in them. And I just, at some point, you can't even delete everything, right? I can't spend a day trying to get rid of all of that. But uh, you know, when you when you have too many things on your plate, our brains are not desired 
uh, designed to, to do multiple tasks at the same time. The brain is complicated and it's stupid. It wants to keep everything super simple. And so when it starts to see a to-do list that's growing out of control, it starts to shut down and we become demotivated. We procrastinate. We don't know what to do. We get very slow, lazy. Sometimes we beat ourselves up for that and, and on and on and on. And social media can actually contribute to some of that stress and strain. This isn't a rant on social media, so that's not where I'm going with this. But what I'm telling you is, is that you may also be looking in other places for your information, like podcasts, for example, um, blogging, things like that. And you might be feeling like, hey, there, you know, is there something different? And when we're coming off of a couple of years, and unfortunately at this point in time, it looks like social distancing is still going to be somewhat of a concern and factor. There's still lots of cases of, of COVID out there. The, you know, people are still dying from it. It hasn't disappeared. Um, but in-person events are coming back and, you know, with some degree of safety and some margins in there, people are also looking for other ways to engage with one another after getting a little sick and tired of doing it virtually, you know, um, as much as they can. And that obviously, as we know in the wedding industry, that's why people are excited to get back to having events again with their friends and family. So if you had to imagine that, what if Facebook never came back the other day? You know, what if we were still dealing with a world in which social media didn't exist? What would we do and how would we market our businesses differently? Well, I am a woman of a certain age, being Gen X, of course, and I do actually remember what it was like before social media was the, you know, be all end all to marketing our businesses. So I've spent some time actually reflecting on that and, you know, for myself also, but, you know, just kind of considering again that, you know, the world will change a little bit more and it's been 10 years and it's normal for some adaptations to, um, to evolve. And so in the wedding industry where there has been a lot of emphasis on marketing through social media, what would we do differently? And so this episode is to just talk about a few of the ways that are considered guerrilla marketing tactics, which was a, a standard that came up like 20 years ago, um, which was low cost ways of being able to get your name out to the public in whatever industry that you were actually in. And so what I have in, in this episode is just a couple of ideas, you know, things to consider, things that honestly, I think that everybody should be doing to some extent and maybe don't because the emphasis is on social media so heavily. But the reality is, is that social media can also be a super expensive way of, excuse me, of trying to get your name out. And it may not have the tactical advantages that a venue really needs, which is, you know, venues are located in certain areas and you're typically going to draw your customers from the greater region around you, unless you happen to be a destination type of a venue where you where everybody is a customer. And so these tactics work really good, especially if you don't have a lot of money to advertise on social media. And the challenge with social media and buying ads is that a lot of people end up looking at your ad that are not actually qualified customers. And that's one of the frustrating things that I actually find is you may be able to try to target your customers, but again, I find that for the most part, it, you know, it, there is some effect. It does work a little bit, but there's a lot of money that you have to throw into it because you're competing with everybody else. So we're going to strip this down and we're going to consider this like a social media unplugged way of marketing for your venue. The first one right out of the gate, the blue ribbon that I'm going to talk about is in-person local networking groups. 
And so some of these things that I refer to before in the book, and some of them you may be familiar with if you work in the wedding industry, is obviously your wedding organizations where the other vendors in your area get together. And uh, you know, I'm in an area where there's actually local regional groups that were started by the vendors themselves. And so when you look up and join those chapters, you can go out and you can meet those people. That's still going to be a tried and true way of being able to, to meet, uh, you know, other professionals in your industry and to be able to continue to market your venue services to them. Now, other places that are alternative to the wedding industry specific events would be just local business networking groups. And I would say, you know, my best place to go is go look up on Meetup um, or Eventbrite. And there's usually people that are organizing a lot of these different types of, of groups. They're either people that have common interests. And so that's like a rock climbing group or a wine tasting group. And then some people are actually, you know, have formed business networking groups. I've done this myself. I used to have a, an organ, a group called Coaching and Cocktails. And it was a happy hour time for people to come by the restaurant that I held it at. And if they wanted some free coaching advice, they could ask me any questions. If they wanted to hang out with everybody and just you know, talk about their day or meet new people in the industry, they could do that too. And it was actually, it was really pretty awesome. Um, And so there's always those ways of being able to stretch yourself and go to these in-person events and meet new people that can uh, hopefully at some point in time be a good referral source for, for your business and your venue. Now, to go to these effectively, have business cards ready. So if you don't have business cards, get some printed out, be ready to hand them out. My advice, though, is don't go there with the intention of selling to anyone, but go to these with the intention of meeting new people. And that's a totally different mindset. Sometimes we set a lot of pressure on ourselves that we have to go and to be ready to be a salesperson. And that may not be like your most natural state. And then you're hoping that you can, you know, get your elevator pitch off without being too nervous about it. But if you just take the pressure off yourself and just say like, listen, if nobody ever asks me about my business, that's okay. But I'm not going to leave this meeting until I have, you know, met some new people myself. Now, I do coach and work with a lot of people who have a fear of meeting new people and they avoid networking events like the plague, which I guess is kind of no pun intended considering there is kind of a quasi plague going on out there. But if you're one of those people, it is common. It's common to hate networking events. It's common to feel like you're put on the spot. It's common to feel, you know, that it's very difficult to be comfortable when you're meeting strangers and they're asking you questions about your business. So, you know, take some pressure off of you. And one way that I usually suggest to people is that if you actually avoid going to these meetings because of all those feelings that you have, then find yourself a meeting buddy to go with. Now, your meeting buddy can just be a friend. They don't have to be somebody who's a professional. Um, They can just be that volunteer, you know, wingman, wingwoman who's going to hang out with you. Meeting buddies help us not feel like we're a wallflower. I mean, nobody likes to show up to a meeting too nervous to talk to anybody. So then you stand over off to the side by yourself and then you feel even more self-conscious. Am I right? So if you have somebody that you're like, hey, can you come to this meeting with me to meet these new people, Um, free drinks, you know, I'll buy your beer, whatever it is, uh, you know, bring them along. Now, if you have a super extroverted friend who can come with you, this person could actually help you break the ice with new people and walk you around the room and introduce you to other people. 
I've ended up doing that for some people when I see them at networking events. Like I, I, I sympathize with the person standing by themselves. And so I will go over to them and talk to them and then I will help them meet new people. Cause I mean, we just get that sense, right? And so if you are afraid that you're going to not get any attention from anybody because no one's going to walk up to you and give you a hand, then bring your own friend <laughs> with you to, to, to do that. Now, what happens if you don't have a meeting buddy? Well, again, instead of avoiding the event, what I recommend is find out if you can see who's going to the event. On pages like Meetup or Eventbrite, sometimes they actually list the people who have RSVP'd as yes or attending. And you can go through the list. You can kind of see who these people are, what businesses that they work in. And maybe find one that has a friendly picture or they have a business that you're really interested in and introduce yourself to them before the meeting. Send them a message. Say, hey, I see that you've signed up for this. Have you ever been to it before? I've never gone. I'm going to be going for the first time. It'd be really great to be able to meet you there and maybe, um, you know, say hi. And that allows you to basically pre-warm yourself to the meeting and make it feel like less of a situation in which you're walking into where you don't know anybody and you've got all that fear and actually at least knowing one other person. Now, ideally, if I were to pick somebody off of a list, I would say aim for the person who's actually hosting the event because they're the organizer and organizers by nature love connecting people together. And I would actually be honest with them, especially if you're the type of person who gets particularly nervous. Let them know you're coming and that you're a little nervous about this, and you'd love it if they could help by introducing you to at least one person that they think what might be a good connection for you to make. And don't pressure yourself into meeting everybody or talking to everybody, but start to set a goal for yourself of going to these meetings and walking away with at least one new person that you wouldn't have known before. When you get into the habit of doing this and you realize that you're not going to die when you do this, you start showing up to these meetings much more relaxed. It's easier to talk about your business. It's easier to, you know, be enthusiastic and not having the fear and the, you know, that usually keeps your mouth shut. And as you start to build these really personal connections with these people and you see them over and over and over again, maybe the first meeting or the fifth meeting isn't where someone's going to make a referral. But when they see you like, you know, a few weeks later and then they're reminded or finally somebody crossed their path that's in need of a venue like yours or they have questions about doing an event at your space you've become so familiar and it's easier for other people to make referrals to you. So the networking can sometimes get you really good leads right away because, you know, somebody instantly, I mean, this happens to me all the time, like, oh my God, I'm actually looking for this right now. And that might happen like once, you know, out of every meeting that you go to. So it's well worth it. And oftentimes with venues, when people aren't in the business of looking for a place to get married at, which, you know, isn't all the time, you, through the course of the conversation, you get to find out how many people, though, are looking for venues for alternative reasons, memorials, business meetings, um, you know, whatever it may be, or their buddies, friends, kids are getting married and they're looking at venues. You know, venues are not at the top of the list of everybody's places that they know about. They know about restaurants, they know about bars, um, they know about theaters, but they don't always know about venues. And so this is a great way of, of getting your name out, the good old fashioned way, as I, I like to call it. Now, 
Second on my list here is if Facebook is down and you have no way of marketing to everybody, well, then you're going to have to pull your email out and you're going to have to get to work. Now, ideally, maybe you have some new names because you went to through step one and you went to some networking events. So you've got these warm contacts with people that you want to follow up with and send them an email. And I would say with certain people, offer them a tour so that they can come see it, have some treats available too for them. I mean, kind of make it a special fun thing. Uh, Maybe even organize an open house for some of these people that you've met. I mean, heck, at these networking event meetings, hey, why not host them at your location? Hint, hint. So when we think of hosting events, right, and open houses, we tend to only think of our... um, you know, our wedding vendor friends, right? And I talk about in the book, that's a great way of being able to get businesses to host one of the wedding network events. But also think of your venue as a place to host any of these networking events and to invite people out. Again, more people in, that see your venue, the more opportunities you have for them to be able to talk about you and to talk about you with their friends. So now emails that are cold. And what we mean is that you have no relationship with these people or it's tepid, you know, they barely know you or you're trying to introduce them uh, yourself to them. You don't just send them an email and says, hey, I'm a new venue, here's my pricing, you know, recommend me to all your friends and family or any couples that you may know. No, the best and most effective way of reaching out to people that you don't know would be to give them something that they actually need. Now, I'm not suggesting that you offer your venue for free for weddings. However, within the network in the industry, as you are pioneering yourself in in making new connections, there are at least a few different types of wedding vendors that have needs that venues can't actually serve for them. First of all, I've talked about this um, in the book before and, uh, you know, through coaching people and, you know, people know this in the wedding industry, photographers need places to shoot. And not all venues are accessible for that. And so if you have a venue that's accessible for that, you might just, you know, this might be a reminder to you, hey, look up the photographers in the area, look up the ones you don't know and haven't done business with, send them a short email, have the subject line be, are you looking for a place to shoot your family or senior photos or whatever headline that you want to use? I think that one's a decent one. And then let them know that, hey, we are a venue in XYZ County, outside of XYZ City, whatever you want to do. And we've got, you know, this great location, which is perfect for family photos. Um, We do require appointments. It's at no cost to you. Let me know if this is something of interest to you, if you'd like to come out and check out the place first. Send those emails out. Don't need Facebook. Don't need Instagram to do that. But that will actually get more eyeballs again on your venue. Now, when you talk to wedding planners, right, and they have needs as well, what kind of needs can a venue solve for a wedding planner? And why would we reach out to wedding planners? Well, because they have usually a front row seat and access to couples, and they may be still in the stage of helping that couple decide which wedding venue to get married at, right? Now, planners love to know about all the new locations. So their need is to make sure that they know of all the options so that they can be of the greatest service and value to their couples. They also are looking for places to be able to do style shoots where they, especially if they're the designer type of planner, right? Sometimes planners are good project managers and then some of them are decorator designer types and some of them are a combination of all those. And the the ones that love to design weddings and actually put all the details of a wedding together love to be able to have locations in which they can actually set it up and design it and show it off and take photos and then use that in their portfolios. So if you're a new venue 
and you're still trying to get your name out, those are the needs that planners have. And so sending them an email that says, hey, are you looking for a new venue for your upcoming style shoots? Then you tell them in the body of an email who you are, where you're located. And again, you offer them a free tour for them to come out and check you out and let them know, you know that you have your place available for them for free. Finally, caterers are one of the big vendor groups that I think about. They have needs as well that venues can solve. And so if you're reaching out to, again, a caterer that you've never done business with, remember that some caterers are prevented from doing business at certain venues because of exclusive catering arrangements. So if you're not one of those venues that has a short list of caterers and you only work with those caterers, then there will be a lot of people that provide food to families during events that will be really happy to hear from you and know that they can come out and do work at your location. And so again, you are emailing them with the subject line of, are you looking for new venues to work at? And then in the body of your email, you're going through and you're letting them know who you are, where you're located, what the cost is. And again, what are you doing? You're inviting them out for a tour so that you can show them the place and, uh, and answer any of the questions that they have and show them your catering prep area that you have for them. So that's emailing, emailing people don't, doesn't require any social media. So look into doing, be able to do that and starting to make that a habit for your business. Now, the last couple here are just kind of reminders for you. And one is don't forget to update your listings on all the wedding planning websites, like the wedding wire and the knot. Um, some of the other ones are like the venue report. And, you know, a lot of people are coming up with different ones, you know, on an ongoing basis. But when we set up our first listing over there, we tend to forget to cycle back and make sure that the photos are up to date, that the pricing is up to date. Um, some of them actually have opportunities for you to be able to add posts, uh, post current weddings, a little blog post on them. And so if you were to imagine a world without Facebook and Instagram, well, you'd want to mosey back over to those wedding sites and make sure that what they have is the most recent information for you and that it's up to date. And because that is exactly what people are still using, even though there is social media. And so again, I, and I think I talked about this in the book, we tend to, again, weigh too heavily on social media and forget that there are other tools that couples are using to find their information. And it's not Facebook and it's not Instagram. And the last one that always requires, you know, our effort and energy is Pinterest. Pinterest is not a social media platform. It's a search engine tool and it's designed to search for things like wedding planning and wedding ideas. And so remember to go back and make sure that you're posting new content. And one of the big things that I always say is make sure that that content links back to your website or a page on your website or a blog post that you've created um, on your website. Again, Pinterest can also be the place where we can post a lot of content right away when we're setting up our business and then we forget to cycle back and update it with new information. I am guilty as charged. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the next time Facebook goes down, and you're looking for something to do, add it to your list to get back on there and post new pictures of your latest weddings so that people can see that you're up to date and current. And again, you have to have those link backs to your website. So when people are looking for you, they can come back to your site, get all your information that you have on your website and, uh, and make their, you know, their informed decisions. 
Okay, so those are just a few ways in which we would have to be marketing our businesses, applies to wedding venues or any other wedding business or any business, really, quite frankly, um, if social media were to go down and and never come back. And so they're pretty easy to do. Uh, They are not what you do in lieu of social media. This is just a gentle reminder when we have these outages that uh, we can't put all of our eggs in that one basket, even though that basket can hold a lot and it's really effective for us. The truth is, is that, you know, it's another one of those platforms that I think is going to ebb and flow in terms of interest. And also as demographics age, the choice of social media platforms usually goes with them. And so right now, while some of our demographic is hanging out on Facebook, as it continues to age, our demographic may be moving off into different areas and different platforms. And so we always have to be mindful of how marketing channels actually do change, especially digital channels. But if you go back to, you know, us human behaviors in person, man, that's always going to be there because we still like seeing each other face to face and we're willing to even risk our lives, unfortunately, to, um, to have that opportunity. So, and if that's something that 2020, 2021 has taught us, Um, is that in-person is a very powerful mechanism for maintaining connection with everybody. I don't recommend you risk your life to do it, but remember that, um, you know, events and gatherings are human nature. And so if we didn't have social media and digital marketing anymore, then we'd have to learn how to get some skills of being able to do it in a more face-to-face manner with each other in a safe way. So if you have any questions or any uh, ideas and you want to share them with me, go ahead and email me. My link is in the podcast notes. Until then, enjoy the rest of your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio. All of the information talked about in this episode can be found at WeddingVenueBiz.com. There you'll also find links to the book, online courses, and a way to contact me if you have any suggestions for the show or are interested in business coaching. Until next time, have a great day.